0: And now, live from the shadow of America's mountain, this is Rocky Mountain Revival Radio. Welcome to Rocky Mountain Revival Radio. I am your host, Heath, and we have a special treat today because with me today is my amazing co-host, Lily. Lily, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing really good. How are you doing?
0: I am doing amazing. Thank you. And before we get into today's show, we just want to get a few housekeeping items out of the way. Make sure to check out rmrr.live for all the latest information and updates about the show. There is a contact us form to submit feedback, comments, suggestions, be a guest, suggested guest. Doesn't matter. You want to communicate with us? Use that form. If you need prayer, there are two ways that we can partner with you in prayer. The first, of course, is use the prayer request form on the website, or you may write us at prayer at rmrr.live. While you're on the website, be sure to check out the Linktree link to all the socials and all the stuff. Um, If you're watching on Rumble and YouTube, please like and subscribe because that helps us help you, helps us provide better content. And follow us, of course, on Facebook for additional content information that doesn't always make it to the website and some of the other socials. And if you like the show and the show's content, feel led to donate to us, there are links to do so on the website, the show description below. And for those watching on your screen underneath Lily actually is where they're going to be today. All right, let's get into it. We have another amazing show for you today. The title of today's episode is Fivefold Ministry Evangelists.
1: Yay. Who <laughs> else is excited? I'm really excited for this episode.
0: Lily's been excited I... about this episode since we <laughs> talked about doing the Fivefold series. So, <laughs> And of course, if you like the show, we encourage you to share it with your friends, your family, your co workers, your sister's, nephew's, cousin's, former roommate, because cousins. sharing.
1: The cousins
0: yeah, your cousins. It doesn't matter. Just share it because sharing is caring, guys. All right. Now, before we dive into today's topic, we do want to get a couple uh, commercial advertisements out of the way. Today, we're going to actually do them live. So you're not going to get the uh, the generic feedback commercial. So we're going to start off with our uh, our actual uh, proud sponsor of ByteTag. Um, we've partnered with them a few weeks ago. Tag is the safest and most advanced pet tag on the market. It's gonna allow you to create a personal profile for you and your pet. When scanned, you'll get a notification that your pet's tag was scanned. It's also gonna give the person who scans it the option of notifying you, the pet owner, that your pet has been found. And then the tag will use GPS tracking to drop a pin and notify you exactly where your pet is at. And the best thing about this is there's no monthly or annual fees or subscription services at all. And Byte Tag puts your privacy first. And for listeners of Rocky Mountain Revival Radio or Waymaker Ministries, um, if you use discount code RMRR15, you're going to get 15% discount off the purchase price. And they just ended their um, sale, so they're back to the regular price. Um, I think they're like 40 50 bucks, something like that. Um, so that discount's going to be really handy. Bite Tag is truly the last pet tag you're ever going to need. And uh, we use it on our pet, and you should too. And with that, um, you know, I was thinking about Ethan's commercials. You're looking for a great book to read. Um, I love how he tries to sell the sell the product we're doing. But we've been talking <laughs> about this book for a while. If you've if you've actually been a regular listener, so you know that pastors Todd and Kelly Hudnall of Radiant Church have released a book called Holy Rebel, with forward by evangelist Mario Murillo. Oh, huh, See what I did there? <laughs> um, <laughs> this huh. book, this book is a it's almost
1: like you did that on... Purpose.
0: almost <laughs> almost <laughs> um, this book is a for now book um, if you have not picked up your copy today uh, you may check out the link to the website for the book below it's available in paperback on kindle um, and on audible uh, and if you're one of those folks that it matters you can actually pick up a signed copy from pastor todd and kelly at rad church apparel and that link will be down below as well Let's see. Oh, you know, I have to I have to give testimony for this next commercial because we talk about Valentine Comfort Shoes all the time on the show. Valentine Comfort Shoes is, of course, owned by Radiant Church's own Sean and Amy Blake. They are amazing prayer warriors and leaders in the church and they are veterans of the United States Navy and they they own this shoe store that is highly recommended by doctors around the state of Colorado. And it is probably the best decision you can make for your feet, your back, your ankles, your knees, the whole nine yards. Um, I went in recently, purchased a couple pairs myself, forgot that I was supposed to do some videoing for commercials. But mm-hmm. I did get the shoes, and they are amazing. So we are actually, um, we're actually not lying when we tell you, hey, do your feet a favor and go. Heath
1: is living proof of I the shoes.
0: Yes, I am total living proof of the the amazing work that these shoes have done for my life. Um, Let's see. Next up on the commercial spot, uh, Wyoming Custom Guitars. Uh, Wyoming Custom Guitars is your place for all your custom guitar needs. These guitars are lovingly and painstakingly handcrafted by Bill Palmer who has been writing music, playing music, and singing music since 1979. He uh, has been with uh, a couple different releases with road damage music, as well as two guys with guitars. Uh, he's like I said, he's been playing forever, and these things are absolutely incredible. They sound amazing. The reviews uh, that have been posted are incredible for guitar lovers. They they are repeat customers, uh, actually. So if you're looking for that guitar, uh, check out Wami Custom Guitars. Let's try that again. guitars.com. And if you want to hear some of the music that they've done, you can also check out the Two Guys with the Guitars website. And that is T-W-O spelled out. If you go to the number Two Guys with Guitars, you're going to go to somebody else. And that ain't who we're talking about. And finally, in our commercial set, Lily's favorite commercial.
1: Yes, my favorite commercial. So you guys should know. We have an outreach with the Redemption Squad this weekend, and I am so, so excited for this outreach. I've met a few people who I've since had the evangelist anointing upon them, and I'm going to be giving them some rides. And shoot, maybe my car can fit five people in it. Um, we'll see. If you need a ride and you're in the area, email us. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, so, Central Campus, Friday night, 6 p.m., Radiant Church, Colorado Springs, Colorado, United States of America, on the Western (laughs) Hemisphere of the world.
0: Very specific address location there.
1: (laughs) In the Milky Way Galaxy. We will be having... We will be packing boxes full of food and hygiene products, taking care of our neighbor. And then Saturday morning at about 10, we're gonna be gathering same spot, same place, Milky Way galaxy to go (laughs) to take communion and pray together. And then we're gonna be sent out just like the apostles and deliver these boxes to a pretty rough and impoverished neighborhood, people who need it. And We're also gonna be praying for those people as well. So please join us.
0: That's going to be great. And of course, Redemption Squad Ministries is uh, owned and operated by Zach and Melissa, who are also Radiant members and friends of the show. And so we're always excited when we can partner with Zach and Melissa and get out and do a little evangelical work. Mm -hmm. And with that, I guess that wraps up the commercials for today. And... (laughs) Diving into this topic, again, like I said, Lily has been beyond excited for us to hit this uh, five-fold ministry evangelist topic. As I mentioned on the first episode last week, um, the fivefold is talked about in Ephesians 4, uh, verses 11 through 13. Uh, and it says, and he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors, and some as teachers, For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature of which belongs to the fullness of Christ. We also mentioned last week that, again, as I was trying to demonstrate as I was reading through, that the fivefold actually fits on your hand (laughs) with, with the apostle being the thumb because it functions in all the gifts. The pointer finger is the prophet because he gives direction. The middle finger is the evangelist because it is the longest and he has the most reach. The ring finger, oh. the ring finger, there it is, there it is, is the pastor because he's married to the sheep. And the pinky finger is the teacher because he brings balance to the body of Christ. And again, also as I and mentioned, also, last, also I
1: have another one for this. <laughs> so um when you drink tea, right, you have your pinky finger out to be polite. And teacher starts with tea. So Oh. Here's my take. Chris okay. also had a funny one where about uh that's uh, the one in your ear ears out of <laughs> their students and your pinky finger can fit in the ear. So
0: <laughs> that's awesome. <There's> got
1: all <laughs> sorts of fun things to talk about.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and and also, as I mentioned last week, the fivefold ministry gifts are gifts for today. This is not something that is just a biblical thing. This is something that as believers we should be engaging in. Um every church group. Should have members of the fivefold represented amongst the church leadership. Um, there should be um, people with an apostolic anoyling, uh, anointing. Ooh, that was that was fun. Anoyling. Anointing, anointing. <laughs> um, there should be people with <laughs> evangelical anointings, people with pastoral anointings, teacher anointings, and of course, prophetic anointings. Those folks are again there to help the the church body and equip them. Um, actually, yeah, to to equip the body of Christ to function properly. And each member, of course, of the church body um, has a role to play in what's going on. So these gifts are something that, um, of course, you cannot obtain. They are something that is given only uh, by the Spirit, <clears throat> excuse me, by Jesus, not to be confused with the spiritual gifts, which are um, given by the Holy Spirit. So having said all of that, we have a bunch of testimony for you. We've got a little bit of scripture. Um, and I'm we gonna- have
1: a- Spiritual testimonies. So.
0: <laughs> we we do. We do. Um for those that don't know, before I before I toss this over to Lily, um, we we both actually kinda did some did some diving, made sure we were doing our due diligence. We looked up the definition of the word evangelist. And according to the dictionary, an evangelist is a person who seeks to convert others to the Christian faith, especially by public preaching. Second definition um was that an evangelist was a writer of one of the four gospels, so Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And of course I think my last point before I let Lily dive into some scripture here, um, everybody in the body of Christ is called to evangelize in some form or another. Whether you believe that you're called to an office, whether you believe that you are heavily anointed in that gift, such as Lily, um, I myself don't feel that I've been led to be an evangelist. However, the Great Commission in Matthew 28, 16 through 20 does imply that Again, based on the definition, it is our job as believers to go out, spread the good news of the gospel of Jesus and to, you know, give an account and et cetera, et cetera. So, so even someone like me, who's definitely not feeling like I'm, I'm not an evangelist, I'm not called to evangelize, but I do partake in evangelism because again, um, every time I've been out, I have seen God move in an amazing way and I love to watch what God's doing and um, So for me, that's, that's part of my motivation. The other part is that, you know, I love Zach and Melissa and what they're trying to do with redemption squad. And so it makes it very easy for me to want to go out and support them uh, because I love them so much and their hearts uh, for, you know, people that society doesn't really like to talk about, doesn't like to acknowledge that exists. Those are the people that Zach and Melissa are chasing after. And, um, It is incredible to actually partner with them and just watch God do what he does. So having said all that, Lily, what you got?
1: Okay, so, well, I was trying to figure out what scripture to start out with first. And I think I'm going to start out with really the broad, the broad calling of evangelism and being sent out by Christ. And um, that we see in Matthew 10. And the Great Commission in Matthew 28. But I'll start out in Matthew 10. I have a lot of thoughts on this scripture, so don't mind me interrupting myself. I'm going to start in verse 7, if you'll flip your Bibles to me. Um, If you're driving or something and just listening to this, don't worry, I'll read it. So it says, and as you go, this is Christ talking to the apostles, as you go, preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So the phrase at hand is a geyser. And I believe I pronounced that right. Maybe some ancient Greek in the flesh is listening to this podcast episode. It's gonna be like, "No, you're wrong." But <laughs> I'm not. I'll I'll take the risk. <laughs> so, um, it's an active verb. In the original translation, it means to make near, to be made near. So the kingdom of heaven is not merely present. It's not something that only God pours out. It's something that His people grasp for that they prepare themselves and position themselves for that they help make near it's made near by the heavenly touch of god within mankind so going on i believe this is verse eight heal heal the sick raise the dead cleanse the lepers cast out demons freely you received freely give so what we have been given is not ours to reserve to hold back to ration as though we have a limited supply and we have to only have this portion for each day. No, it's not ours to ration. and It is certainly not ours to bury like the man of the talents who buried his one bar of gold that his master had given him. And I believe that's in Matthew 13, it's Matthew 12 or 13. If you want to check that out, I won't get into that right now, though. Christ goes on to say, do not acquire gold or silver, or copper for your money belts or a bag for your journey, or even two coats or sandals or a staff for the worker is worthy of his support. So I hear people kind of take this in the context of um, you know, a pastor making a six-figure salary or or just tithing, but really Christ is referring to the God who provides both spiritually and materially, the God who knows his creation thoroughly. He provides everything he's aware that we are souls and bodies too we're not only souls but we're also souls held by temporal bodies and he provides for both the soul and the body Uh, his worker we are his workers and we are worthy of his support and then um christ continues it says whatever city or village you enter inquire who is worthy in it stay at his house until you leave that city As you enter the house, give it your greeting. If the house is worthy, give it your blessing of peace. But if it is not worthy, take back your blessing of peace. Whoever does not receive you nor heed your words as you go out of that house or that city, shake the dust off your feet. And it's that phrase right there, shake the dust off your feet, that I especially want to talk about this entire passage for the sake of evangelism. Because... When we go out to the streets, or when we go to the mansion of an atheist, either way, we must greet our neighbors with peace. When we leave our mystery ground, it's important to shake the dust from your feet. The word dust means fine, dirty pieces continuing to fall apart. That's what it means. When we go out to this broken world as Christ's hands and feet and walk travail, in this, we must not bring these filthy, divisive grains of dirt with us. Because then if we do, if we do not shake the dust off of our feet and we say that we are Christ's hand and feet, we are simply a partial person walking around in this world, not set apart, but a part of it. I say that we are merely a partial person because Acts seventeen twenty eight says, For in him we live and move and breathe and have our being. Without him it's as though we're a roaming ghost or an empty shell of, of a body. Either way, we're incomplete. We're missing something. So we cannot have those dirty, divisive, filthy grains of dirt following us around. We're supposed to clean the ground as we walk, not trail the ground along with us, not tread ground with us. We're not treading through mud. We're making something new. So Heath, that's the first passage I really wanted to study. Do you have any thoughts on it?
0: Um, That's... That's a great passage to start with, actually. And I, you know, I was thinking as we were going through, um, you know, verse eight, it was kind of reminiscent of what, you know, John, John wrote in John uh, 14, 12, you know, that you're going to go out and do the works that I'm going to do, but greater, you know, again, another reference of, you know, Jesus saying, go heal, go raise the dead, go clean lepers, cast out demons, you know, again, this. The set of scripture here we're reading in Matthew ten um, is just as relevant today as it was two thousand years ago. So again, as believers in the body, uh, we should be going out and carrying out these instructions. These these abilities are ours um, biblically. They're, it's you know doctrinally sound that hey, we as believers in Christ, followers of Christ, should should be going out. And spreading the word to, you know, and then healing and cleansing and raising the dead and, you know, casting out demons, all those things that a lot of churches and a lot of um, uh, believers that I know and have known in my life have been very reluctant to talk about. Yet, this is a now scripture. So, I'm I'm so glad that we started there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, another now scripture. You know, something that I say to people is, why would we even have records of scripture why would we even have to know it or read it if it wasn't ours, if it wasn't for us, if it wasn't directed towards us in this very present moment? It doesn't make sense. We wouldn't have to read that admonition, that send out word of Christ. Of right. People just for 2,000 years ago, we are sent out right now. Um, and when thinking of this, I was thinking, huh, was an actual story of evangelizing in the Bible, because I can think of many sermons that were given. I can think of some very theologically deep sermons. Um, I can think of the pastoralship and the teaching and the apostleship. And I was thinking, what what's the line between all these things? Where is the evangelism? I really want to focus on some scriptural testimonies. And the first one that Heath and I thought of was... Um, Acts 16, verses 22 through 34. Um, It's set in about 49 AD, so 49 years after Christ's death and resurrection um, in Philippi. So Paul and Silas, I believe, were about to be imprisoned in Philippi and This is what they did to them. The crowd rose up together. This is starting in verse 22. The crowd rose up together against them, Paul and Silas. The chief magistrates tore their robes off them and proceeded to order them to be beaten with rods. When they had struck them with many blows, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to guard them securely. And he, having received such a command, threw them into the inner prison, fastened their feet in stocks. But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to god the prisoners were listening to them suddenly there came a great earthquake so great that the foundations of the prison house were shaken immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were were unfastened this reminds me of the time just in our last recording uh chris como mentioned that If Christ didn't say, Lazarus, come out of the grave, and if he just said, come out of the grave, this was actually post-recording, not in the episode, Uh, Chris said, then everyone would have come out of the grave. So here, God doesn't say, Paul and Silas, come out of your prison cell. He just shakes the foundation of the entire house, and it affects everyone's, everyone's chains were unfastened when the jailer awoke. And so that the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. And this was because if you were a jailer, if you were a Roman um, and you let someone of such just significant crimes and reputation as Paul and Silas had, if you let someone like them escape or anyone for that matter, but especially someone like them, then they would have been brutally killed. So the guard rationally thinks it'd be better if I just killed myself before anyone saw this disgrace and what had happened, even though it wasn't my fault, and I'll be gone, but at least it will be by my own hand. But Paul cried out with a loud voice, saying, do not harm yourself, for we are all here. Now, this reminds me so much of the gospel. When we're carrying more than we're supposed to carry, but Christ is saying, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When we are hurting ourselves and punishing ourselves, but Christ is saying, I did that for you. I was a sacrifice. When we put all this weight on ourselves and forget that God works through us and not on us, He says, do not harm yourselves, for we are here, we being the Trinity. And Christ says, I did this first. So... Just keep that in mind. Paul just really did say the good news to that jailer. Not explicitly, not Jesus is your Lord and Savior, but he did say, do not harm yourself. That's good news. That is good news. For we are all here. He ca- Paul called for the lights and rushed in, trembling with fear. Or no, actually, it wasn't Paul, Um, the jailer. Sorry, I read the wrong line. The jailer <laughs> called for the lights and rushed in, trembling with fear. He fell down before Paul and Silas. And after he brought them out, he says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They said, Believed in the, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. This is such a mighty work. It's you and your entire household. It wasn't just Paul and Silas that were free from prison when the prison door shake. It was everyone. It's not just the jailer that is saved when the gospel is preached for him preached to him. It is everyone, it is his entire household. See how that prison shaking for everyone or everyone's behalf is a prelude. It's like this prophecy before everyone in the jailer's household, the entire household is saved. Believe in the Lord Jesus, you will be saved. You and your household that message right there the delivering of the good news that's evangelism it wasn't some theologically heady sermon it wasn't anything but the simple gospel john three sixteen message to someone who is desperate someone who was hurting and harming only themselves and everyone around them and really christ as they do it is that message to people who need it People who know they're unrighteous and they're broken and they need a righteous God who is whole and makes them whole. Believe in the Lord Jesus, you will be saved, you and your household. They spoke the word of the Lord to him together with all who were in his house. He took them that very hour of the night and washed their wounds. Immediately the jailer was baptized, he and all his household. He brought them into his household and set food before them, rejoicing greatly, having believed in God. With his whole household, so Heath, what do you think of that testimony, that evangelical encounter?
0: Well, you know, I got a couple, a couple points. I want to, I want to swing us back really quick um, to the fact that you know Paul and Silas are sitting in jail, yet they're singing and they're praying and singing hymns of praise to God, and and that immediately hyperlinked me to you know James one, uh, two through four, where it says consider it pure joy you know, when you encounter trials of many kinds, you know, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance and let endurance have its perfect result that you may be perfect and complete lacking nothing. And so immediately I'm, I'm thinking of these guys, okay, they're in prison. You know, this is probably not a great experience. And yet they are singing and praising and praying to God. Um, and so that's just an example of, you know, that, that James scripture I just gave, you know, being put to put to use. You know, that that we should when we're in our own life be praying and praising through the storm. The next thing that I wanted to uh, kind of point out through this is that this is such an incredible uh testimony of evangelism. Like they're they're caught up in their own stuff, but they're definitely not worried about it. They're they're still talking to people about God. They're still praying and praising and worshiping to the extent that You know, this guy, like Lily said, you know, back in those days, if you've got people escaping and you're a a Roman jailer, you know, you're going to be put to death. And so the easy way out, of course, take your own life, because that's probably going to be a lot more pleasant than what, you know, your your bosses or their bosses are going to do to you. And the fact that they're still in their faith and this guy sees them still there, you know, they're still there in the jail, but they're they're free. And he comes in, sees them, and that's enough to, to shake his foundations, to shake his beliefs. And, and through this process, he gets saved. That's the whole point of evangelism, is to, mm-hmm. to bring the, the word of Jesus to those that, that don't believe or that have fallen away or that are in you know, the muck and the mire, kind of like Paul and Cyrus were. And so this is just an incredible biblical testimony of evangelism. Um, not really like highlighted though. I've, I've looked through several different translations days. We were doing uh, show prep and you know, like, it doesn't really like, Hey, this is a great example of evangelism. Like it, it doesn't list that anywhere. Um, but going through this is like, duh, that's evangelism firsthand.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, uh, so, so yeah, yeah. No, there, there's my thoughts on that.
1: Oh yeah. Like, Maybe you're bringing the gospel to a church, a dead and immobile body of Christ that must be revived in order to live eternally, or perhaps you go to the alleys and the streets just tapping strangers on shoulders saying, hey, how can I pray for you? Either way, we are all sent ones. Either way, we have good news to share, whether it's reformationalism, revivalism, or just evangelism. Christ wasn't merely speaking to his apostles when he sent them out in Matthew 10 like we read. Um, Christ wasn't merely speaking to those people present, those witnesses in Matthew 28 when he commissioned them. That's for us. The sharing of good news is something that none of us are excused from or meant to shy away from. Whether whatever form it comes in, maybe it's not street ministry. Maybe it's not prison ministry like Paul and Silas kind of had. <laughs> um, you know, when I think of prison ministry, I don't really think of me being in prison. I think of me Willingly going to prison to minister to people, but hey, either way.
0: <laughs> well, it's just an example of again <laughs> operating where you're where you're at. You know, operating yeah. in the mountain that you're on. Um, yeah. You know, they they definitely you know wasn't part of their plan. I'm sure to be sitting in prison, but they still were were keeping their eyes focused on where it needed to be, uh, and through that they were able to then minister to somebody else and affect what appears from what I've read to be an extreme change in his belief system. And, and to, to turn around that evening, not only man, I'm, I'm believing and, and now they're baptizing him at this, you know, in the same evening, like, come on, that is, that is a great, that is a great testimony right there.
1: Mm-hmm. Now you talking about baptism just now remind me of another verse that we had talked about before. Um, if you guys want to flip with me to Acts 8, it starts in verse 25, the story that we got to talk about. It's another like, huh, how'd that get there? Uh, evangelist testimony.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> you
1: know, this is actually what I call prophetic evangelism. And that is um, the anointing that God has placed on me. My strongest, uh, my strongest offices for sure are evangelism and prophecy but they duel each other and they coincide with each other where I don't just walk up to some random person on the street. I walk up to someone God highlighted to me on the street. I go where he tells me to go. And this is what Philip does in this story. So let's read together. It says, And so when they had solemnly testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they started back to Jerusalem and were preaching the gospel to many villages of the Samaritans. But an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go south to the road that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert road. You see, Philip never would have gone there on their own. There's many people that I would have just approached on my own. You know, maybe it's not the person that stands out in the crowd, but God makes them stand out. Right. God, that road, that place stand out. This is what happened. Continuing in verse 27, he arose and went. And behold, there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure, and he had come to Jerusalem to worship. He was returning and sitting in his chariot and was reading the prophet Isaiah. I just want to mention, I just want to highlight that word chariot here. If you guys remember in 1 Kings, when Elijah and Elisha are ministering together, often Elijah gets taken up and sent down to different parts where he is meant to be, where God wants him to be. So here's another chariot in the Bible. He was returning and staying in his chariot and was reading the prophet Isaiah. The Spirit said to Philip, go up and join this chariot. Go up. Hmm. When Philip had grown up, he heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and said, Do you understand what you are reading? He said, Well, how could I unless someone guides me? He invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of scripture which he was reading was this. He was So this doesn't really sound like it's going to be like a gospel message on the surface, right? You know, you think Thank that this... Ethiopian eunuch an official in the church is gonna be confused by a very obscure part of scripture or something you'd have to know maybe the entire um the entire first five books in the bible for maybe you're like oh well he's just not as briefed in the law as others and that's why it's not understanding but this actually is a gospel message therefore the good news and therefore evangelism now the passage of scripture which he was reading was this He was led as a sheep to slaughter that he, that sheep, that is Christ. This is the prophet Isaiah prophesying about Christ. And this is what the Ethiopian eunuch is perplexed by. This is what he needs guidance by. But Philip, he'll bring clarity and unity of mind. So... It says, He was led as a sheep to slaughter, as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he does not open his mouth. In humiliation, his judgment was taken away. Who shall relate his generation, for his life is removed from the earth? The eunuch answered Philip and said, Please tell me, of whom does the prophet say this, of himself or of someone else? Philip opened his mouth, and beginning from this scripture, he preached Jesus to him. As they went along the road they came along some water and the eunuch said look water what prevents me from being baptized now Philip said if you believe with all your heart you may he answered and said i believe that Jesus Christ is the is the son of god now that's evangelism that's evangelism maybe you don't think of that story in the bible when you think of um when you think of preaching when you think of the gospel but This is just a miraculous work of God. He led him right to that person where they were in hiding, where they were far away, just on some desert road alone. Desert really means desolate. You're not going to see a lot of people on that road. It's not a heavily traveled road. There's no chance that Philip would have just happened to pass by this man on his own. No, this was God's leading alone. So he ordered the chariot to stop. They both went down to the water, Philip as well as the eunuch, and he baptized him. And now you're going to see why I mentioned Elijah earlier. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch saw him no more, but went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotus. As he passed through, he kept preaching the gospel to all the cities and until he came to Caesarea. So as you see, that's just a reliving of the story of Elijah and Elisha. Elijah was continuously snatched up by the Spirit of the Lord and taken someplace else where he was meant to be. And here, Philip is the same. Philip found himself at Azotus. He passed through, there not without a purpose, not without a mission, but he passed through he kept preaching the gospel to all the cities. That heavenly tour he went on is so biblical. It is so timeless, and it's part of evangelism because maybe you're called to evangelize in one place, but maybe you're sent. Well, maybe you're someone who's practically snatched up by God, and you find yourself in a different place. But wherever you go, heath is right when he said, "Wherever you go, whichever mountain you're on, you're called to." preach there. You're called to be a Christian there. It's not like this two-faced thing. It's not this mask you put on and take off. Something that um, evangelists really have to have is one-sidedness. And that one side is very deep. You know, you can't just evangelize to everyone meat. You can't just evangelize to everyone milk. Um, You have to know your audience and speak in different ways. But overall, overall, The message is the same. No matter what words are used, no matter what language is articulated, the message is the same. No matter if you say it to someone on their deathbed, or you're speaking it over the life of a small child, the message is the same, despite the audience, despite the mountain, despite the city, the country, where you are sent, and from where you go.
0: Yes. Very much yes. Very much (laughs) So, uh, again, just another, you know, we... We chose on this episode to try to find some scriptures that that could highlight, you know, evangelism in action that maybe weren't uh, talked about a lot, that weren't, you know, as well known. Uh, because, you know, as we were talking show prep earlier, Lee and I was like, you know, I when I think of the term evangelist, I think of people like Mario Murillo and Billy Graham and, you know, some of the some of the greats. Um, you know, I don't I don't see me there. You know, I can I can see me operating you know, in evangelism here and there, but that's definitely not my big calling. When I think of Lily, though, um, she is so heavily anointed with the evangelism calling, it's ridiculous. Um, This girl, if you guys only knew how much time in a month she spent out on the streets um, evangelizing to people, and it's so incredibly encouraging for someone like me, who, you know, definitely has not, not been called to that outside of the great commission as we talked before, but like, you know, doesn't have that like flavor of anointing in my life um, that, that when you think of me, that's one of those things that automatically comes to mind. Like, you know, Lily, that definitely comes to mind. Zach and Melissa, that comes to mind. Like that's one of those first identifying words that you think of. Um, so one of the things we wanted to talk about tonight was, um, you know, some, some testimony um, as we've gone out evangelizing and uh, as well as, you know, we, we even tried, uh, I'll I'll be honest with you guys. We tried to find some negatives too, because I know um, our experience is probably unique. I I'm sure that there are others who've been out and, and done what we're going to talk about. And they've, they've come back with a lot of negative stories and we really, we couldn't even think, well, actually Lily did have one where like she was out and like somebody yelled at her as she was walking in a crosswalk or whatever about how they hated Christians or whatever. But like,
1: yeah, they kind of try to hit me with their card, but even that one ended up working for the good of God. So I was like, shoot, Keith, what are we talking about? <laughs> right.
0: So, no you matter
1: know- what, huh? It's funny how God just like works together all things for the good of those who love Him, like He says.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. So it, you know, we 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 really racked our brains trying to find okay examples in our own lives where we've done some of these things, and did we have a negative negative experience? And we're actually probably fairly blessed to be able to say no, we haven't. Um, and again, I'm sure that there are others out there that have. Um, and and hopefully it's not been a discouraging thing for you because obviously, you know, one of the fun things that I like when when I'm out with Redemption Squad is that you can see immediate tangible fruit and now it may not be every house. It may not be every person you talk to, but you can see it throughout, you know, the time out on the street that there are these people that they so desperately needed that prayer or that conversation with you. Um, You know, I was telling Lily that one of the times um, I first went out with redemption squad, we, Michael and I were paired together and we went to a house and, you know, brought a provision box and, this gal came out and was just completely wrecked by the fact that we would do that was in tears. And then we offered to pray with her and that just wrecked her even more um, to the extent that like, you, you know, we, we actually like, Hey, like you look like you need a hug. Like we actually hugged her before we left. Cause like, she was just like in a place of like, I didn't know what I was going to do or what was going to happen before this box appeared that was going to be able to help me provide for my house. And you know to have these prayers of encouragement in my life and you know an invitation to to come to church or invitation for more prayer or support um she didn't know what was going to happen and things were looking very bleak and all of a sudden right then in that moment you know there was hope immediate hope in this woman's life and and, and that's you know and I'm and I'm not even doing the story justice with my words because it's one of those experiences that you really can't um, you know, unless you're like a Hemingway or something like that, that you can't really do it justice by, by the, the written or spoken word. Like it's just one of those things that I, I will forever remember this woman and her reaction to this because of that. And so I know that Lily's got several um, positive, uh, positive testimonies we can talk about. One in particular, I want to talk about, um, you know, Lily wears this cross necklace all the time. And this actually this necklace that she wears actually has an amazing story behind it. So why don't you tell our, our viewers and listeners a little more about that story, Lily?
1: Okay. Let me show it to you guys closer up if I can get free from my hair. <laughs> okay. If you're on YouTube, check this out. There you go. It's actually showing up on camera. Um, so my grandfather, uh, he worked in prison mystery and he was very close to the inmates and one of them made this cross necklace for him out of woven together trash bags um when my mom was in her mid-20s she became a christian and my grandfather gave this necklace to her and um one day when we were going through some items in stores she found the necklace again and she told me the story behind it and this was a month before i became a christian and um so I had been going through this really numb period where I just didn't feel anything and I hated God. And I thought all of those people were just a bunch of hypocrites who were commissioned beside on pews and didn't do anything, didn't do anything for the world around them. Um, I was really sickened by the so-called righteous ones. But she told me about prison ministry, and I was so surprised. I think I even said a Christian would actually do that. (laughs) I was absolutely stunned. Um, She gave me the necklace, and I tried to reject it and give it back to her. Like, no, I couldn't take it. she didn't know this at the time. No one did. But I was really agnostic. Like, I believe there had to be a God, but I didn't want to put my faith in Him or anything like that. And um, she gave me this necklace. And I remember I just really tried to get away from that feeling, um, that emotion of actually being touched by something, something that was pleasant. I thought that any feeling was just negative and something to be ran away from. And um, this cross necklace, it just touched me in a different way. God used it to touch me in a good way, in a good way. But um, I slammed it up in a drawer and I didn't find it until about a year later when we were packing up to move to Colorado. And um, I remembered the story behind it. And I remembered how closely connected I felt with prison ministry. And I asked God, what can I do? I can't, I can't go to prison right now, Lord, unless you somehow make a way for it because there's this law and it's like, you can't go to prisons um, unless you're 18. So that ministry can't start until I'm a little bit older right? So I'm asking God, like, what can I even do? And he tells me evangelism, go to the streets, get practice. So really, evangelism is just a branch off of the root calling of prison ministry, which I haven't even begun yet. Um, I do have some ends. I'm hoping to work with people who have recently gotten out of prison right now. And I'm hoping that opportunity comes soon. But, um, you know, God told me, that calling of evangelism just as the branch off of the root of another calling. Now I wear this necklace daily. I call it my mantle. It's strange how many people are drawn to it. Usually I'm wearing a stack of like four necklaces. One's got the, um, the fish symbol, the Christian fish symbol. Another has the word hope on it. And um, another is one that a family member gave me and another is a cross necklace. Often I wear all these things all together, but people always mention the cross necklace out of everything. And this is just made out of a white trash bag. Often, as you can see, I wear white, like it even blends in with my clothing, but this stands out to people. And I can't tell you how many times people have commented on it and been like, oh, I needed to hear that story. Oh, that's amazing. God actually did that. God actually put you in that place to receive that before you even knew him, before you loved him. So here's my mantle.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's a, such a great story. And I, I don't ever grow tired of hearing it. I've heard it several times and um, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's just, it's amazing. Um, another thing I wanted to, to make sure that we talked about, you know, <clears throat> kind of tying back into what I said earlier about me, not kind of... Um, you know, feeling like I'm evangelistic or or anything like that. Um, One thing that's been amazing to see is when we bring young people with us. I know
1: um,
0: we went out, uh, Ethan was able to go with us once before. And the time he went out, he couldn't stop talking about it, just his experience and how he viewed what we were doing and what we were, um, you know, just how we were blessing these families with these provision boxes. And being able to to pray with them and just see the their eyes light up when when they're realizing that somebody actually took the time out of their world to come and bless you know their world. Um, and, and and another thing that's been amazing to watch is is every once in a while when Michael comes out with us, he'll have the kids and uh, his daughter Macy uh, loves Lily, and so. <laughs> She'll stay with Michael for a little bit, but pretty soon she's tagging along with Lily wherever Lily's going. And and so I wanted you to kind of help share, I guess, some of your experiences with uh, evangelism working in Macy as you guys are are walking the streets of Colorado.
1: Well, Macy is the most advanced adorable little four-year-old baby girl you'll ever see I don't know if we can pull up a picture of her out with us evangelizing or something I have a few maybe we can just throw that on the screen or something but um she's so sweet she is so precious and she's really shy so I wasn't expecting her to kind of open up like it seems she has just in the couple outings she's been with us on but um the second time you know I'm holding your hand and we're walking and um, we come to this one house. Um, also, I have another partner who is a man because, you know, you you should be out with two. And um, I do believe that is good for people to go out together in case anything happens and just always be close to someone. So, well, But it's also that,
0: biblical, too, when you think about the yeah. fact that Jesus sent out, you know, the disciples in pairs. Um, mm-hmm. They they went two by two, uh, yeah. and so so we practice that in what we're doing, mm-hmm. and I and that's great advice for those that are maybe yeah. looking at wanting to go out and and do a little street evangelism. You know, go out in pairs, uh, minimum two.
1: Yeah, and Macy doesn't count.
0: <laughs> that's right, Macy doesn't count.
1: She's a little young to stick up for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we go up to this one house, and um, you know, I sense a heavy anointing but also a heavy despairing spirit over this house. A man enters um, the doorway and his name is Jesse. Um, I don't know if you're watching this. Hey bro. Um, <laughs> oh no. Yeah. You never know. But, Shout out um, to Jesse. I still remember him and his name. Um, he had four children and his wife was a vet and he just started opening up to us and um, I should go back though before this. So Macy and I are walking along the sidewalk and, you know, I'm looking down at her and I'm talking to her like, look at all the people we've helped today. Isn't that so amazing? You know, you saw all these boxes loaded up in this trailer and they're nearly gone. It's towards the end of the day. And, um, you know, I know Macy is very blessed. So I'm like, whenever you see a friend, you have who has a need just make sure you help them out because if you have like an extra crayon or a pencil at school um, just share with people because that can really impact a kid and that's how you can help people daily just share things with them be there for them so I'm telling that to Macy telling her also to encourage her friends like maybe they're having a really bad day and maybe all she has to say is you're doing a good job, but that's okay. And that can really help them. So this man, he's opening up to us, me, Macy and my partner. Um, and he's sharing about how hard it is to lead his family. He's got a family of leaders and it's really hard to just keep them together. He's got four kids and another on the way. Um, and his wife is a vet and that's such a demanding job, a veteran, not veterinarian. Um, That's a very demanding and dangerous job. And he just feels so alone and so overburdened. And Macy looks up at him, this little shy four-year-old who took like a solid month before she said a word to me, (laughs) solid month or two. Uh, She looks up to him and she's like, you're doing a good job. And we had just been talking about that, so oh. I look at her. And I'm like, Did she said that. Oh my goodness, I love her so much. Okay, <laughs> so she says that, and then um soon after, I begin praying and prophesying over him and give him this word. You know, he may be Jesse, and he has a family full of leaders, but don't worry because fruit will come from his line. Because look at Jesse in the Bible, the father of David, and forefather of christ fruit came from that line i'm sure it was very hard to have so many sons were very independent and hard-working um but he was blessed and he was given strength and i told him you know you better and this was like this was me being threatening i was like you better <laughs> pray with them day and night <laughs> and um
0: very fearful when you're threatening that's for sure yeah
1: I I smile too much. It's hard. It's hard, you guys. (laughs) But um, you know, I we're talking and I'm giving him all the advice I'm given by the Lord to give to him. And the fear of the Lord falls upon him. He's sobbing and he's trembling. And he talks about how he desires to take his whole family with him to church tomorrow. Maybe even both services. This was on Saturday, next day was Sunday. And I just I pray that God's continuing to work in his life and give him strength. I'm so proud of the children that join with us and the parents that trust the Lord to protect them and their families when they go out to what may be blacklisted as a rough neighborhood, because God will protect you. This is heaven on earth we are living out and experiencing. And we just have to trust God that he's going to protect us. We can't fear man more than we do God. That's something that I've been leaning on and saying a lot and saying to myself lately, we can't fear man. We have to fear the Lord. Right. So, Well. One of my favorite testimonies, honestly. Well,
0: you know, and, and it's 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 always fun when Macy joins us because, again, um, I know sh- I went with her to a couple houses, and you know she get she gets in the zone when she's out there. Like she wants to be the one ringing the doorbell and ba- legit like Kool Aid Man banging on the door kind of a thing. Yeah. Like <laughs> she is she is fearless when it comes to doorknob. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, you know, I remember if you can't reach
1: of- that doorbell. She will look up stand in the way so it's not like i can ring it so look yeah. up at like make me pick her up so that she can ring it all yeah, by i've, I've sp-
0: had to i've <laughs> had to lift her myself a few times here yeah. push the button you know, she wants <laughs> she wants to help carry the boxes oh, yeah. and like you know all these things and and it's really just amazing that kind of you know i guess i was reminded as as you were given the your testimony of being out with her that you know that that childlike faith that it talks about in matthew 18 like there is there is something amazing because again, you know, she's just amazing, like cute as a button, four-year-old, with this amazing personality. But boy, she gets out there when we're, when we're doing this. And like, she is like focused, laser focused and in the zone. And she is
1: like her. I'm just going
0: (laughs) to, we really do. We really do. (laughs) And, And so just to see how, like, and it's almost like, a switch just happens. Like as she, she gets ready to get in the game. Like, you know, we're joking and laughing and whatever. And then when it's time to grab a box and go to a Mm -hmm. door, like there's a shift and all of a sudden, bam, here, here comes like little warrior Macy, uh, to come, to come knocking down a door to help somebody out and to, and to say, a word, you know, like, to like, you know, hey, you're doing great or something like that, you know, and in the moment it just like melts your heart because again, yeah. here's this little four-year-old just giving some random adult that she doesn't even know a word of encouragement, like, come on. Um, yeah. <laughs> come on. <laughs> um, it's hard to not turn into a blubbering mess when you're out with her because she does stuff like that and speaks these amazing things, it's, you know, and sometimes she doesn't say much at all, but when she does, it's, it's a moment for sure. Um, let's see what what other do uh, you have? Any other Macy Macy stories you want to get into before we dive into some others?
1: Just the joy on her faith as she um, as she goes. She doesn't complain that her feet are sore. You know, think about it. this kid's real tiny, but she's walking the distance that our adults with adult legs are walking. And um, sometimes she'll ask to be picked up, but it's only for a moment. And then she wants to be set down again, and I just admire her endurance and her joy. Right. right. Just she's a little kid, but there's so many things to admire for her. So many things that adults can learn too. Right.
0: No, that's that's really it, and I and I think that's it's a fair point to say that you know as parents, um, you know. If you have opportunities to to partner with something like Redemption Squad or, you know, your local soup kitchen or, you know, your local, you know, backpack ministry or door knocker ministry or, or whatever's in your area, you know, don't exclude your children. Um, yeah, yeah, you might be going into some scary neighborhoods. You might be going into some, you know. Places where, like, you know, Lily mentioned, um, you know, we've got several in town that really have been blacklisted by a lot of places. You know, there's a lot of churches and a lot of a lot of things that won't go into that area. And we we go into those areas. Um, but we also know and believe that the Lord is with us when we're doing that. Um, there's a yes. reason that we're praying into these outreaches before we show up on saturday morning there's a reason that we pray and we take communion and we we partner with the holy spirit before we go out there's a reason that before we step onto someone's property we bless the property before we step on and 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 there's reasons we do all these things uh, because again we're we're completely covered uh by the blood of jesus and by his protection as we're out doing these things because again this is part of you know the Matthew 28 great commission were to go do these things. And so when you're doing his work, you're, you're being looked out by him. Um, You've got his favor. Um, And it's up to the person on the other, other side of the the door there to on, on how things are going to go. You know, I can, I can tell you, there's been a few times we've been out that it's, it's been kind of hit or miss there for a second. You're not sure if you're going to get punched in the face or cussed out or whatever. And, you know, there's been a lot of pleasant, you know, like, Hey, we we don't need the provision box. Thanks, but we're, we're doing good. Give it to somebody else who needs it. And, you know, you get a lot of things like that, but even like Lily was saying, you know, when I took Ethan out, you know, he's a 14 year old boy, doesn't always love to be doing, you know, out and about things would rather be on a video game or, you know, farting out with his friends or whatever. Um, but the, the entire day that we were out, and, and we go from, you know, typically we're out on the streets by 1030, 1045, and we're out till 2, 233 o'clock, depending on the day. And, you know, Ethan did not complain once, not once. Mm-hmm. Uh, matter of fact, he, he was very humbled and very uh, encouraged in the fact that, you know, we don't always have a lot. We don't always have a lot of things. And yet to some of these houses, our lifestyle is, is, you know, we're living like a millionaire lifestyle compared to some of these places we go. And so it was very humbling for him to see that, you know what? Well, I got a lot of things and I'm, and I'm very blessed. um, I'm more so than this person here. And and that really did a work in his heart. It really did a work in, in his attitude um, and, and actually kind of helped drive him to want to go out more and to, to be out and to help and to, you know, encourage others uh, to go out and help, and and so that's that's a great byproduct of taking your kids along. Plus, again, you're you're instructing them in the way that they should be anyway. You know, that's the Great Commission. You know, go out and make disciples, and you know, preach, teach, heal all the things. Um, so we should be teaching our kids that, but we should also be setting an example. For our kids, and so so there's the takeaway from from the the Macy Ethan segment of the show. Um, <laughs> you know, set that example. Take your kids, uh, and again, I'm not I'm not saying yeah, going to all the rough neighborhoods without praying about it and asking the Lord what He thinks. But um, you know, if you have the opportunity to include your kids, do so. You might be surprised at what you see. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you were out um, this last weekend. You were not with Redemption Squad. You were out with a another group, or we out. By yourself this weekend because sometimes <laughs> this girl just goes out by herself and does it so like
1: <laughs> I felt by myself on friday and then or actually with my dad i should say that but not with the group with right. my dad and um also with god's helping hand so uh god's helping hand was saturday and i was with my dad on friday and we have some stories from saturday that so where you were going with that? That Heath?
0: is. That's exactly where I was going with that. Um, oh, yeah. I know that that I heard. Um, I heard a little bit about it on Sunday after church. We actually got to sit and talk um, about Lily's weekend, and, and actually Lily's dad joined us later and, and got to hear some of his his feedback from it. And it, it's actually a pretty incredible. Matter of fact, I heard a little bit from your mom too. Um, there's yeah. just a lot of stuff that happened this weekend that that lends to a lot of great testimony. So why don't you go ahead and share?
1: Oh yeah. Well, um, so I'm out with God's helping hand and we're across the street from Springs Rescue Mission House, downtown Colorado Springs. It's may it may just be the street in the city. You know, it's uh if you're familiar with the area, it's right off of Las Vegas, I believe. And um You know, we have three tables set up full of sandwiches and uh, drinks and uh, different caffeinated products and waters and clothes and books. So devotionals and Bibles, like we just have everything, hygiene products. um, We have all this set up and me and Mike, one of the leaders of it, is headed by Mike and Liz Meso. I think I said their last name right. I'm so sorry if I didn't. Um, it's headed by Mike and Liz and me and Mike are at the end of the line praying for people. And Liz is really dealing with all the food and sign and stuff, but, um, different men came to us. It's mostly men that we witnessed on the street this past weekend. Um, different people came to us that, um, you know, you can't just assume they only want prayer due to the homeless situation. There's so much going on in these people's lives between, Families needing reconciliation, bodies needing healed, minds needing healed. The mental health toll on the streets is as serious as the physical and material situation itself. Um, Three men were very excited about coming to church, though, after we prayed for them. And I'll tell you guys, this is my story for prophetic evangelism, one of my stories for prophetic evangelism, because there was a long line of people, right? Right. I didn't get to pray with everyone myself, but God gave me highlights on who exactly to approach and what to say. And during my prayer, God was telling me what to say and what to speak over them. So um, we're on the streets and um, many people stand out to me so much, but especially this one young man who was able to join us to church um, last Sunday. So uh Derek approached us me and Mike and we offered to pray with him and he talked to him about his situation the separation from his family and um how he's looking for purpose and calling and um deepening faith and um he briefly mentioned being a pastor's kid and God showed me different scenes from his childhood where just people were his parents and uh His family were fighting in the house and screaming and then going to church and putting on this happy face and then going right back home. And it was just the same as it had always been right before church. So when I pray for him, I pray very specifically and into what God had just shown me about his upbringing. I pray that trauma is healed and I pray that reconciliation beyond what has ever been experienced comes Finally, to his family, I pray that housing is found and I pray that he has a church home and he's able to join that family. I pray for his heart. I pray for the beacon of light within him and just everything. But before he goes, he nearly leaves. And then I'm like, wait, do you have do you go to a church? He says no. So me and Mike, finally, we search all over the tables and we finally find a church card at the very end by the signups and we give it to him and also exchange numbers. And um, I was, God told me that the people we met were so very special, but he told me that Derek was especially a precious son of his and precious to the kingdom of the Lord. So um, I'm working on finalizing rides for these people and trying to get schedules cleared. And some of them weren't able to join with us to church last Sunday, but want to come this Sunday. And Derek was the one that really was, um, that was able to join for the 11 o'clock service at Radiant. Shout out to Ron O'Neill for uh, giving him that ride. God told me to approach uh, Ron O'Neill about it, another head of an evangelism group. He told me that uh, he would be there for him and be safe and make sure he got to church on time and just prioritize this, this experience and value it and um not waste a single moment but it'd be continuous edification i'm very grateful for him for moving things around in his schedule to go all the way downtown pick Derek up and take him back up north to church and that's what he did he was at church with us this sunday and let me tell you guys it wouldn't have happened if god hadn't told me who to pray for how to pray for him show me what had happened before and then show me who to get for a ride? because our group chat for uh, this ministry, it has about 19 people in it. I sent a message to the whole thing and was just having trouble getting people who because a lot of them were serving that Sunday in church and couldn't just um, go all the way downtown and come back. So that was an issue with people. But um God told me Ron O'Neill and I texted him in a private chat like, this guy is precious to the kingdom of God. Is there any way you can get him to church, if not this Sunday, but the next Sunday? Like, we we have got to get these people to their home. And when I say home, I mean to God. And Derek was touched by the Lord, and he'll be joining us for the Redemption Squad Evangelism outreach this Saturday. One of those people uh, my dad and I are giving a ride to, so we're excited about that.
0: That is awesome. Yeah. yeah. And shout out, shout out to brother Ronnie for, for picking him up mm-hmm. and making sure he got there. That is, that is awesome, sir. So thank you from RMRR as well for your, your servant uh, heart and mindset. Um, wow. that That's a great, a, a great testimony. A great example. Like
1: He hasn't had a permanent shelter yet. That's what I want to help him get connected with. He doesn't have a permanent shelter yet, but he still wants to go out to the streets and help people. He knows he has an anointing for it. He knows he was touched by God and just lit on fire by him and is so eager to go out and to help people find him like he did. That's amazing of me.
0: That is amazing. You know, I was... I was making some notes as you were as you were talking, and I, and I guess maybe now is as good time as any to bring this up. You know, maybe, maybe you're in a position in your world where you don't have a group around you that you can go out or you don't have a friend that, you know, a fellow believer that you can take with you. You know, there are still ways that you can partner with groups and organizations in your local community or even um, – through us or through redemption squad, you know, you can, of course, obviously if you've got the opportunity to go out, go out. Um, You know, if you're not able to do that, you can always pray. You can always donate goods and items because again, a lot of these outreaches are looking for, um, you know, food or, you know, clothing um, hygiene products uh, you know, and they, they rely on donations as well as, as, as other, as other means. Um, I know we get a lot of help from, you know, the Colorado, some of the Colorado food banks and other things with Redemption Squad. Uh, so there are other organizations that are helping out, but you can obviously, if you've got the means to donate them, please do so. Um, and of course, you can support financially. You know, you can uh, consider part of your, uh, you know, tithe and, and donation to the church to some of these groups that actually do these things, Um You know, if it's on your heart and and you're not you're not able to for whatever reason, you can still support them in other ways. And so, I just want to remind our listeners and viewers that you know you don't you don't necessarily have to hit the streets. But again, I say that (laughs) I say that with this cautionary note that if you don't go out, you might be missing out on something yourself. Because I can tell you, (laughs) the first time I went out, it was probably the most humbling experience in my life um, you know, it, it ranks up there in the top five for sure. Um, I think probably the most humbling experience as a parent was having my son pray over me and then pray over me in tongues. That was like, that blew my mind. Um, but, but going out, there is just something about it that, that really kind of refocuses and reprioritizes a lot of things in your life. Um, and, and if you've got a a servant heart and, and, you know, just, uh, we've talked about on the show, uh, you know, many, many times about having that that love um, for for fellow man, uh, regardless of you know they're the the jerk that cut you off or you know whoever they might be, we still need to come from a place of love, and that and that's what allows the Holy Spirit to kind of operate through us in a better way with the gifts that we've been given through Him. And, and so, when you step out in love and you take time out of your schedule. To do God's work and to go out and talk to people, to pray with people, to bless people. Um, no matter how many miles you walk, no matter how many people you talk to, how many pounds of product you carry, um, you walk away feeling so incredibly alive and so incredibly blessed um, and humbled, and just knowing that you, for that period of time, were were acting like Christ. You were going out and talking to people. You were stepping outside of your comfort zone and, and maybe not talking to people in your normal circle. You know, it, it kind of reminds me of, you know, Jesus talked to the Sumerian woman at the well, like that's not something he'd normally be talking to, but he purposely planned that trip to go talk to this woman um, <laughs> and, and and meet with her and evangelize to her, who in turn went and turned around and talked to the entire town about what Jesus knew about her life and what he did in her life. And that's a you know, maybe a, a smaller scale story of what Lily just gave, but the reality is she goes up, she talks to this guy, she prays with him, encourages him. And all of a sudden he's wanting to go to church. He's wanting to go out with Redemption Squad this weekend and spread spread some love and kindness and compassion and empathy for somebody else. Even when he may not be in a position, you know, you know, with a house and, and all these things, he's still, coming from this amazing place in his heart to want to go out and bless somebody else in the middle of his trial, in the middle of his storm. And that, when I heard that this weekend, I just was blown away that this was the the testimony from this one individual, that that fruit right there, that immediate fruit, hey, I want to go to church. Can you get me to church? And oh, hey, you're going out and you're doing this stuff again. I want to go with you. That is incredible. Um, mm-hmm. that is a huge praise God moment right there. Um, actually kind of brings a little tear to my eyes. We're talking right now. Like this <laughs> is just, this is just amazing.
1: He um, is such a baby.
0: I am it, <laughs> and it. I will, I will own I it, Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, It's
0: fine. Um, so yeah, this is, this is the kind of stuff that, that happens when, when we're out though. And that's why, you know, we, we've talked about, we, matter of fact, we had a whole, our second episode was dedicated to evangelism, um, Matter of fact, our first one um, had a lot of evangelism because it, it was about, you know, Mario in the tent. And and again, as I mentioned to him earlier, when you think about evangelism, he's a very common name that comes to mind right now. Um, tent revivals all over the country and and thousands of people coming to know Christ and thousands of people being healed. And and so this matter of fact, I'm just going to be bold enough to say the whole premise of the show kind of came about because of evangelism. Now, granted it was kind of a negative in the moment for us because again, Michael and I are going to men's group. And I know you guys have heard the story where we're on the phone going, Hey, now that we're not going to men's group because we're supposed to focus on evangelism because Mario's coming. What we can do on Thursday nights. Now we're going to go into group and me being a smart guy going, Hey, we can do a podcast and bam, here we are, you know, Rocky mountain revival radio. So, um, I will, I will give, uh, some credit there too. You know, evangelism was a (laughs) interesting byproduct for, for starting Rocky Mountain Revival Radio, but, um, it, it is important that we honor, um, the great commission and somehow some way we're, we're out planting seeds. You know, I was reminded of, um, and I've told this story on the show before about how, when I was working, um, for this restaurant as a manager, one of my employees was a a member of Radiant and, and she wasn't, ever talking about jesus she was talking about how amazing this church environment was how amazing the pastors were how amazing the worship team was how amazing this body and family this church family was um and in planting seeds for me to later on in in some of my mess to go man i need to get back into church and and all of a sudden i'm hearing her talk about radiant church radiant church radiant church radiant church and and you know me plugging back into church was the best decision I'd ever made in my life. To be honest with everybody, mm-hmm. um you know, if I'm it's gonna be completely right, transparent, right. you know,
1: it's not about glorifying the church; it's about glorifying God. And you can glorify God through through bringing glory to His church, but don't just talk about a church; talk about God too.
0: <laughs> right. Well, and, and this is this is definitely a rare, you know, kind of. A non-typical mm-hmm. example, but yeah. but again, just planting a seed. Um, yes, ideally, you're you're trying to relate to somebody with some kind of testimony. That's another reason why on this show that we tell you that we talk about. I think every show about how powerful testimonies are. There's a reason for that because it's an easy way for you to relate something personal from your life to somebody else's life that's going through something similar. Um, and through sharing that testimony, you have an opportunity then to say, hey, God worked in me this way and helped me out of this situation and, you know, reaffirm my faith and, and my calling in life and and change the whole direction I went. And that's, I guess that's the point I was getting with the whole, you know, my little story there about her planting the seed about the church, you know, wasn't the fact that, you know, we're trying to glorify Radiant because we're not, it was just the fact that Radiant was a place that I needed to be to get the things that I needed to be to equip me to come and step into my callings and the things in my life, you know, this broadcast and the connections that I've made and some of those things would not have happened had I not been attending Radiant and connecting with some of the people that God had intended for me to connect with through this church. And so, you know, I'm thankful for that seed. Um, But again, Mm -hmm. Lily's right. You know, we don't want to glorify a church. We don't want to glorify a pastor or anything like that. We definitely want to give all the glory to God and, and where it needs to be. But there are ways that you can plant seeds without having to be like Mario Murillo or Billy Graham. You know, you can yeah, or, or even, you know, Lonnie Frisbee, um, you know, you can, you can still, um, plant a seed or you can be watering a seed that's already been planted. You don't know. Um, so it's important that we, that we share our faith. We share our testimony again, honor the great commission, Matthew 28, 16 to 20. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. Enough soapbox. What else you got, Lily?
1: <laughs> oh, there's, Three more testimonies that I just have to share with you guys. There's no way I can leave these out. So speaking of people, I'm picking up this Saturday. Hi there, Alexis. I hope you're watching and enjoying this episode.
0: (laughs) Yes, welcome, Alexis. (laughs) We hope you're enjoying.
1: So I met Alexis serving in kids ministry and she pulled me aside. I noticed this girl before she stood out to me with how she served. She pulled me aside, though, before the service started and opened up to me about home life and family. And throughout the couple of months that I've served in the same environment with her, and especially as she's opening up to me, God's just giving me all these little details about her life. So I offered to pray with her. And in this prayer, I go way more specific than she did when she <laughs> opened up to me and share a bit more details. Um, we sit together with, um, in church that day. After serving in kids ministry, we also attend the second service and sat together. And um, throughout the service, God is telling me about what a heavy anointing for evangelism she has. And I can feel that. And he's telling me about um, how to approach her about it. He's telling me to offer her a ride. He's telling me that she's very important to his kingdom through this office, and through this practice. So as soon as the Service ends. I'm like really excited to talk to her, and I turn my head around and I'm like, So, um, it's not like as soon as the service ends, but it's pretty close after. So, I asked her if she has any experience with evangelism going on, in street ministry, and if she'd be interested in that. And God already told me all these things, but I'm trying not to appear too creepy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well well, what's actually interesting about the story is this girl had been highlighted to me for months like every yeah. time I saw her worshiping at church I was like man
1: there there
0: is something but I knew I knew I wasn't the one that needed to talk to her I knew it was somebody else I at the time when this first started you know started seeing the highlights with Alexis I I knew it wasn't me I knew somebody else was supposed to and I kept hoping for like okay who (laughs) who do I need to talk to to talk to this girl because somebody needs to talk to her because there is so much anointing on her yeah finally (laughs) <laughs> I, I'm talking with Lily one day, and I'm like, "Hey, Lily, you know this girl? Like, she's been highlighted in so many different ways, so many different times yeah. with me." And Lily looks, and she's like, "Oh yeah, 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 I, I see it, I get it." And and I'm I'm thankful that I had that conversation because again, um, you know, it, it just kind of gave me some relief because like I was like, "Okay, I know someone's supposed to talk to this girl. I know it's not me, but man, every time I was just like." talk to someone needs to talk to this girl. And I'm like, okay, we'll but, find the person yeah. like, you know, and, and yeah. so it took a while for me to have the chat with Lily, but then um Lily starts getting these highlights as she said, and then, you know, here we are. And it's amazing. Actually. I'm so tickled so, that, that Alexis is planning on coming out this weekend.
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, we talk about redemption squad and different teams I'm on and I'm like, yeah, so between three teams, there's usually something every weekend and I would love for you to come and send an anointing on you for this. And though, you know, everyone's welcome to come to these services, we need people with the anointing for evangelism because those are people that God has specifically called and destined for the sake of evangelism for that office. And I want you to be there because not everyone who goes necessarily has the office or anointing for it, but they're there maybe to intercede, maybe to help in different ways, to support, to encourage, no matter what. But we need more people with the evangelism anointing, and I want you to be there. So that weekend, um, the following weekend, we go out with God's helping hand. I pick her up at our house and take her there, and... She does so great, just immediately praying for people, laying hands on them, getting words from God, not just going up to anyone, but specifically divine appointments God highlights. And I'm really looking forward to working here, work, working with her this weekend as well. So Amazing. I have more testimony. <laughs>
0: <laughs> as I knew you did.
1: Um, yes. Speaking of working with other people. Let's go to a testimony with me and Chris Como. So uh, this actually happened in the last Redemption Squad outing. And um, this was the last house we did. We were uh, running out of provision boxes, and this was the last house the team th- were going to hit. And I had been partnered with Chris all day, but God um, led me to approach this house with him specifically. So we, we, we both received this highlight to go to this duplex duplex, and specifically the house, the portion of the house that was closer to us. Like we both knew, oh goodness, we have got to minister to these people. I don't know who's in there, but we just have to reach them. And um we ring the doorbell and no one comes and there's no cars there. And I look at him and I'm like, were we even right on this? Like, it looks like no one lives here, like, what are we even doing here? I'm getting really discouraged as seconds pass. And I'm like, do we even leave the box here? Because it doesn't even look like anyone lives here. It looks vacant. So he's like, yeah, yeah, let's leave the box here because we we know that God told us this house. Um, so we go back behind the trailer and I'm kind of feeling discouraged that the day had to end with like that. I'm like, God, you gave us a lot of great testimonies and we just had to end on something That was just nothing? Really? You're not going to let it be nothing, are you? And when I'm praying that, this man with an amputated leg comes out of the house we just came from. We're across the street about 150 feet away. And he shouts as, as loud as he can. He says, hey, I'm a disabled veteran. I'm sorry I couldn't answer the door, but thank you guys so much for what you gave me. God bless you. This guy didn't even know we were a church. We could have just been in a food shelter, but he says, God bless you. And everyone, the whole group sees this. And the whole group in unison shouts back to this guy, God bless you too. So it's so much better that that happened. And we all shouted back a blessing at that man than if it had been if just Chris and I went to that door and he answered it. And we had a conversation. Maybe we prayed with him. But that man just got blessed by the entire organization which wouldn't have happened if it had been on our own, if I had had it my own way. So, Heath, I feel <laughs> like you have thoughts on that, Tess. So no, yeah. I uh, I, rem-
0: I remember that. Um, that was such an amazing moment, you know, to have somebody yelling out, you know, just thanking us for what we did and blessing this man's life. And, the ho- like, the whole group just, like, turns around and yells back at him you know, you're welcome, and God bless you, and 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 just speaks this kind of group almost in unison. It, there were a couple, you know, yeah. off off key folks. I was so
1: stunned; I struggled a bit. to be <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it was just again, you know, we 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 talked we we've talked all episode about how there's just something every time we go out that that's this amazing takeaway that you're not going to forget in those moments where you have somebody who's struggling who's you know and again it always kind of makes me a little angry when i know that we've got you know veterans that are struggling because that shouldn't be the case they're they're serving our country and and you know writing the ultimate check with their you know <laughs> their life and you know we're not doing our part to take care of them and and so this particular example really just kind of rang in my heart because again you know we've got a we've got a disabled veteran at that and he, he, you know, it takes him a few minutes to get to the door and to, and to scream out thanks and a blessing and to see everybody just like we were in a, like a starting the after, after meeting, you know, cause we always gather when we're done. We share testimonies as a group. Um, we pray together to dust off as Lily was saying earlier and um, you know, kind of speak a blessing for the rest of our weekend and, and over the boxes that we, you know, we dropped off and the people we met uh, as as we wrap up. And so we were kind of getting in that zone of you know getting ready to share some testimonies. And and he steps out and does that at just this amazing time. And everybody turns to the direction of his voice and shares that. Mm-hmm. I just it's something again you're you're not going to forget when you when you do these things. You get these experiences that that add to your testimony. Uh, because again, it it's always an encouragement. It's always a strengthening of your faith when you're seeing a, a an act of kindness like that bless somebody in such an incredible way.
1: Yeah. And um, my last testimony actually took place like a few minutes after this. It was the same day with the Redemption Squad and uh, Heath, Michael, and uh, my dad and I, we were all parked really close together. Uh, michael was packing up the kids Heath was getting ready to leave and my dad was trying to nag me on to give me a, just shut up and get in the car <laughs> As, um my parents really have to do like i can't blame them i do talk a lot no <laughs> um, shut up <laughs> um okay anyway so We're in the parking lot of this fast food restaurant and Heath, Michael, and I all receive this sense that we need one of us needs to talk to this guy that's sitting on the curb by the restaurant. Um, Michael's wrapping up the kids. Uh, I believe, Heath, you had to go do something or something. Um, Maybe you're helping out Michael out, remember? But I just walk up to this guy and you guys are watching me. Um, I'm not very far away, but I walk up to him. And I say, Hey, sir, how are you doing? And he says, Leave me the F alone. And I'm like, Well, can I pray a blessing over you? Or, no, Ashley, I say, Well, how can I pray for you? I just go right into it. And he says, Do whatever makes you feel good. And I say, You know, I'm not doing this to make myself feel a certain way. I'm doing this because I love the Lord and He loves you and I want to bless you. And he says, Well, all right then. And I say, well, I'll I'll pray a blessing over you. And I pray a quick blessing over him. It's like 30 seconds long. I'm not going to test this guy. (laughs) You know, I'm not going to get into any sort of length here. And God had told me um, what specifically to pray for. He said to bless him. So I bless him. And at the end of the prayer, he's like, that was really kind of you. Thank you. I hope you have a nice day actually. And that actually was nice. <laughs>
0: well, yeah. was nice
1: to hear. But that's just a way that God turned things around so quickly. Like one moment this guy was cussing me out. And then the next he's telling me have a nice day and uh commending me for being kind to him.
0: Well, so so I just want that's to a add to that. <laughs> yeah, I want to I just want to add to that because again, having been there and um, you know, We all kind of see this guy. Um, Michael, of course, is trying to get his kids in the car and whatever. And so I'm kind of just talking to him as that happens. But I see Lily step over. So I immediately disengage with Michael because whenever we're out as a group, um, you know, I'm always watching my people. So like, you know, Chris, Lily, Michael, Bill, Ethan, whoever's out with us that's been a part of our group or part of our family, like I've always got an eye on somewhere. So as soon as Lily starts to head over um, my, my little spidey sense, the back of my neck kind of like boing. And I'm like, okay, Nope. So I, I step away and I start walking the edge of the parking lot. um, Cause again, we're parked on this end of the parking lot and the restaurants over here. And so I start walking the edge kind of shadowing Lily as she's walking up and I start circling around the edge of the building so that I'm, definitely in a closer proximity in case this goes sideways, because sometimes, you know, you're right. You don't know. And there's, there's a reason it's a, it's a two by two to go out thing. It's for your protection as well as theirs. Um, and, and so, um, you know, again, this guy is very not interested in being talked to, not interested in anything that anyone has to say to him. Um, he's very much wrapped up in his own, um, stuff um, yeah was a it, 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 well and there were there was more to it that i was oh, getting yeah. off of him There was for you know, sure
1: things too yeah. but you know yeah, there,
0: there were a lot of spiritual things there yeah so um and watching that take place you know lily just steps up with like no this whole no fear thing and just immediate like you know hey you know and you know her bubbly personality and starts talking <laughs> to him and, and he swears at her and i'm like i'm like okay it's about to go down now Cause like, you're threatening one of my people. No, sir, this is not how we're going to do this. So I take another two giant steps forward. <laughs> and uh, and Lily, you know, it doesn't even phase her. Like she pauses for a second. She's like, really? How can I pray for you? And like, I'm like, <laughs> Lily, oh, my- okay. So <clears throat> I'm, I'm slowly inching forward as she's doing this. But again, she is like not even, it's not even registering with her anywhere because she knows that God said, hey, you need to go talk to this man and pray with this man. And so she is beyond, I've accepted the assignment. I'm going <laughs> forward. <laughs> you know, I'm going to see it through to completion. Not even, I don't even think it registered initially that like he was that standoffish because she like, I got to talk to this guy. And so like, I'm slowly inching up as he's telling her to F off. And then I'm getting all, okay. So I'm mega stepping forward to get a little closer. And then to watch it was just like a bam, the sudden switch in this guy to, to rotate like that and be like, you know, from that standoffish F U kind of thing to, wow, that was a really cool thing. You know, that kind of, <laughs> that kind of transition. I was like, okay, praise God for that because wow, <laughs> yeah,
1: that can only be a miracle, right? <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And Lily's dad standing back over in the corner of the park with his eyes like this going, Oh my gosh, what's my kid doing now? Um, that was actually <laughs> kind of funny to turn around and watch too. Um, because both he and Michael had by then had stepped up a little bit and were kind of watching what was going on. And Lily just turns around and bubbly bounces right back to the car like nothing like, just hey, happened. And one, I'm like, happened? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it was it was incredible. Um to, to watch that happen and that, you know, like she said, that's definitely just a God thing where like just in that mm-hmm. moment, bam, there was an instant transformation because I could tell walking up to the guy, there was all kinds of stuff hanging on to this gentleman um, and was not any of a good and mm-hmm. and the fact that that from that, you know, get out of my phase F you thing to bam, that was really great. Thank you. In just a matter of moments, um, completely incredible. So, so yeah, yeah. um, yeah.
1: Yeah, so that's really the last of my testimonies that I really want to mention. But before we close out, I just, I got to share some things that if you're going to go out to evangelize, here's some things you got to do. Here's some things you got to know. The first comes from Matthew 10, which we read at the beginning of the podcast. Greet the house, greet the person, greet the street, greet the ministry ground with peace. Greet it with peace. Speak. Speak what you expect over it speak love godliness fruitfulness over this place because when your words have so much power and you'll notice in the epistles of paul before he admonishes or encourages anyone often he starts his letters with um saying like may love or peace or mercy and gratitude faithfulness may these things be sent to you and that's how he ends the letters as well so that's something that we must introduce and conclude ourselves with and have through all our entire ministry time. Um, another one is prepare yourself beforehand. This yes. one is for so it. If you just go through the week, you don't talk to God and you don't read his word, and you don't praise him and you don't get to know him, but you expect to lead others to get to know him. That's foolish. That is double minded. Um I I feel a connection between this idea and this verse. 2 Samuel 24, 24 says, So the king was purchasing an, a burnt offering to sacrifice to the Lord. It says, and um, the man he was purchasing it from uh, starts to give it to him for free. And the verse says, But the king said to Araunah, Una, is the man who is selling the meat for the burnt offering, he says to him, No, but I will buy it for you for a price. I will not offer burnt offerings to my Lord that cost me nothing. Don't give the Lord something that costs you nothing. Like you have to make sacrifices. You have to make those sacrifices beforehand. Because if you don't beforehand, you won't in the spontaneity of the present moment. You have to make that decision that you know Him and you're pursuing Him and you love Him beforehand. And you have to edify those things within yourself and let him edify those things beforehand. And then in the present moment, you're actually prepared. You're giving him something that doesn't cost you nothing. You're giving him sacrifices of your time, not only on your weekend, but also throughout the week. You're giving him the sacrifice of changing your mind, edifying your faith, learning him. And, you know, if you're not listening to God or speaking with him before him why would you expect him to speak to you on this Outreach it doesn't make sense that has to be a practice you have with yourself just as you do with a group of people so not don't only prepare yourself before him but my third point ask the Lord to show you people um you've heard me say so many times throughout this God gives me highlights, I'm often around so many people. There are such crowds, you can't pray with everyone. You don't want to just walk up to a stranger that God doesn't reveal to you because that's not a divine appointment. That is a spiritual gift being diluted by the flesh, being diluted by happenstance. So surrender to the Lord. Tell Him to show you His will. Show you where to go and guide your steps beforehand and during and afterwards another thing that you must ask him for is the spirit of discernment. Often people tell me that some of the things I do seem dangerous. I don't do things in an unbiblical way. I don't do things naively. When I walk up to a house and when I walk up to a stranger, God shows me what spirits are lurking in that house, whether it is good or whether it is corrupted and evil and infernal. So ask for the spirit of discernment. Trust me, God wants to give you His gifts. You must only ask. Don't just think about asking. Don't just tell your friends you want this and expect God to eavesdrop into your conversation and somehow add this gift onto you. Actually talk to God because that's an answered prayer, not an answer to my conversation I had with a random person I was trying to impress at my church.
0: Well, and scripturally it says you have not because you ask not. So again, if you you want... You know the the discernment you want the gift you you need to you need to seek it and the way to do that's to ask.
1: Mm-hmm. So um, there's formatting things that I've learned, um, such as "Can I pray for you?" is a yes or no question, and that's one that gets no a lot responded to it. But how can I pray for you is very specific, and sometimes you'll still hear a no to this. But what I always do is say, well, can I pray a blessing over you, no matter what? And I can maybe name five times where someone has said no to me on that. People have told me, well, I'm in a hurry. Can you walk and pray for me? I've done that. I've sprinted to keep up with a moving car before. I have done that. (laughs) But no matter what, just pray a blessing over them and say maybe they do walk away and maybe they do shun you no matter what you say and what you offer someone intercede for them. Pray for them behind closed doors. Pray for them as they're walking away for you. Impart love, joy, and peace to them through the Spirit. Just reach out your hands and intercede, even if it's as they're walking away from you. Um, and lastly, um, these are things that are so important to people. When you go out to rough areas, and especially streets and the homeless, People are treated like human, they're not treated dignified and civilized, and most of all, they're not treated kindly and with love and compassion. So I want you to reach out your hand and shake hands with this person and introduce yourselves to them. I always do this. Or I, I if even if I have my hands full, like I'm I'm gonna do this, or say shake my elbow or something, reach out to this person physically, because that prepares a way to reach out to them spiritually. Introduce yourself to them and ask for their name because these people, some of these people, they have not been asked for that in a long time. Maybe they're called cruel things. Maybe they've practically forgotten their own name because so many people just call them some rude nickname or something that they don't or shouldn't identify with no matter what ask for their real name Ask for their name and just treat them with some dignity and respect because that goes as far as a prayer does at first because i can tell you many people i have prayed for i wouldn't have gotten that opportunity if i hadn't treated them so kindly before i offered to pray with them uh even burger king bro that um that fast food restaurant dude who cussed me out. Ashley, before I prayed for him, I left out this part because I didn't want to disclose his name um, because this is a stranger and not someone I've gotten permission to share this testimony with. Um, You know, I said before I offered to pray for him, hi, I'm Lily. And what's your name? And he told me, leave me the F left. Yeah, I can't talk the F alone. (laughs) And, um, you know, we started talking a little bit more. I'm Matthew, by the way. I pray for him. Just like that, like it's so important to people. It makes it makes all the difference, really, to just treat them with a little old fashioned respect. Right. And That's my list of tips for evangelism Actually, that I've collected a- right over the last few months. <laughs>
0: That's, that's a great list. And, you know, as you're, as you're going through that, I was thinking, okay, there's a reason that with Redemption Squad, we, we do the things we do and we have an order of operation. So yeah, we get together on Fridays, we pack the boxes, we bless the boxes as we're packing them and we bless them as we're loading them into the trailer. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, when we meet Saturday morning, we gather together, we get instructions from those taking us out. We pray together as a group. We take communion. And the reason we take communion is so we can get our heart and our minds right with God so that we can, we can get into a, a better posture uh, for, for service and going out. And so of course we've we got a protection prayer that we're being, you know, we're praying over us. We're, you know, praying for the area that we're about to go into, um, you know, and as we grab boxes off the trailer you know, we get directed to a house before, as I mentioned earlier, before we step on the property, we bless the property. It, it can be something as simple as a shalom, shalom for the property, you know, or peace in this place or, or whatever you feel led to. But some kind of some kind of blessing on the property before we even step on onto it. You know, we knock on the doors, you um, when someone's there and they answer, we introduce ourselves. Hey, I'm Heath and this is my friend Lily and, you know, my friend so-and-so and we're with Redemption Squad Ministry and we're just here to bless you with this box today. You know, let them know why we're there. And, you know, we always try to take an opportunity. Hey, is there anything we can pray with you about today? You know, and and again, how you ask the question uh, results in uh, how, they, how, the the, question. how they respond. You know, if, if you make it more of a, I'm going to do this regardless. Um, so you might as well, you know, help me help you and just tell me what you need prayer for instead of, you know, giving you an opportunity to shut me down because I, I chose poor verbiage. Um, so think about how you're asking those questions. And and I think the one thing that, that was missing on Lily's list that I want to bring back again, we've mentioned it now twice is that, that after the fact prayer and dusting off, because again, um, as, as we mentioned with the Burger King guy, um, there was a lot of evil spirits attached to this man. There were a lot of nasty things that we encountered throughout that day. (laughs) And so it's important when you're done, um, to 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 pray, you know, of course give God the glory for everything that happened that day, but pray and 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 do that dusting off and that protection for the people that were out because again, we've talked about it on this show more times than I can count, the fact that once you make the decision to follow Christ, once you make the decision to do God's work, attacks come. The enemy, <laughs> you know, you're on the most wanted list that the enemy has because you are combating His stuff. You are trying to bring light to his darkness. And so automatically he's dispatching things to attack you, to come against you. And I don't say that to discourage you, I say that so that you are aware that gee, I've gone out and I've done this ministry thing. And now I come back on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and I feel horrible and I'm depressed or I'm this or I'm that. Well, okay, the enemy's coming at you because you did a good thing. And so you have to get in a posture of, of you know, holding up your shield and a little self-defense with, with that dust off and with the protection prayer as you go and leave what you're doing because you want to leave mm-hmm. the bad stuff where it is and not pack it with you. Um, and so that, that is a very, very vital component when you're done, make sure you've got that prayer and that dust off, you know, and, and Lily's right. You go in. Else, with
1: Yeah. Or else it'll just make your feet dirty and you're no longer the hands and feet of Christ, but you're just someone else walking around in the dirt.
0: Right. You know, and, and so it's definitely get yourself right. Um, you know, get that. You know, and I think it's amazing that we do communion every time, so we have an opportunity to repent if we need to. You know, just get our heart and minds focused on God and to to partner with Him uh, through communion and get in. Um, you know, I and I always play like when we leave the church and we go to the neighborhood. I'm cranking, um, you know, worship music like we're we're getting ready to go into battle worship music. Um so that we're getting our hearts and minds ready, you know, we're we're singing and praising to the Lord, but we're also like ready to engage in whatever activity we need to, whether it's a a peaceful thing or we we're, we're going to come against a demonic something and and we still have to operate from a place of love and a place of, you know, this is how how Christ would do this. And so you want to be mentally ready. Um So yeah, everything she gave you is amazing. Like I said, the only thing I would tack onto that is that dust off Mm -hmm. afterwards, make sure you've got that. I think that is probably one of the, you know, the second most important thing you do besides getting your, (laughs) your attitude, your heart and your mind, right. Um, You know, make sure you're there for the right reasons. You're there to serve God, not for glory of yourself or anything else or not for a, you know, a volunteer thing you can put on an application to college somewhere or something like that. Like it is because I am out here doing the will of God. I am serving him. I'm serving my community. You have that servant heart and mindset. So get it ready. Um, So yeah, enough on that. Uh, Lily, would you, um, I guess before we transition.
1: Evangelism. I knew you're
0: go- I knew you're going to so um before before we step into that part do you have any other final thoughts before we
1: um just do it all in love and in truth there you go that's really like my big thought for the entire fivefold um we do it all in love and in truth we can't have one without the other.
0: What about you, Heath? Uh, you, I I couldn't have said that any better. That was amazing. Um, again, I this this fivefold topic I was so excited to start into and to kind of bring some light into this because it's not talked about a lot in a lot of churches I've been in. Um, I as I said last episode, I had no idea what the fivefold was until I start until I started discipleship with Michael. Um, I had no idea. I'd never heard. I'd never even heard the term before you know mm-hmm. and, and so the fact that i'd gone um 49 50 years of my life without ever hearing this term um i thought was rather shocking and so i'm excited that we're we're able to bring some light to this topic and kind of get it out there and and again just to share all these testimonies i just love um i love it when we get an opportunity to share a testimony on the show so yeah. um i hope that that as you guys are are listening to this episode or you're going through the series with us that that you're you're gaining some wisdom. You're gaining some insight. You're gaining some some little nuggets on some things that that maybe you need to evaluate and see. Is you know, is my church representing this? Um, do I really see the fivefold in action in my church? You know, we we said kind of a similar thing with a mountain series. You know, you're you're where you are for a reason. You're you're called at a time of this. You're you know, you're born right now for. for, for this season. And so, um, you know, it's good for you to kind of stop and evaluate, you know, how, how can you use me? How can you, how can you, um, you know, how can I, how can I serve, Um, you know, am I in the right church? Um, You know, and, and if you're in a church, that's not talking about, you know, spiritual gifts, you're not talking about the fivefold. You're not talking about some of these things, That may be a sign that it's not quite the right fit for where you need to be. Um, Yeah, so with that, uh, Lily's going to take us through a a little prayer and impartation, and then I'm going to lead us through another prayer, and then we'll wrap up the show. So, Lily?
1: Yep. So, as always, if you'll just hold your hands out with me, ready to receive, and Heath, you can repeat this after me. Um, Anyone who's listening, please repeat this. Say it for yourselves. Don't just listen to me. Um, let's humble ourselves before God and receive something. Lord, I just pray that, well, Lord Jesus.
0: Lord Jesus. Touch me. Touch me.
1: Deep into my heart.
0: Deep into my heart.
1: Remove any boulder that keeps me from growing.
0: Remove any boulder that keeps me from growing.
1: Now, Jesus.
0: Now, Jesus.
1: Plant the seed of evangelism.
0: Plant the seed of evangelism.
1: Within me so that I can plant it within others.
0: Within me, so I can plant it within others.
1: Lord, let my fruit not spoil.
0: Lord, let my fruit not spoil.
1: But be prepared for the day of Jesus Christ.
0: But be prepared for the day of Jesus Christ.
1: Send me out, Lord.
0: Send me out, Lord.
1: Tell me where to go.
0: Tell me where to go.
1: Help me expect.
0: Help me expect.
1: Help me prepare myself before you.
0: Help me prepare myself before you.
1: Search me and know me, God.
0: Search me and know me, God.
1: Help me to search and know your people.
0: Help me to search and know your people.
1: Give me love and compassion.
0: Give me love and compassion.
1: Unconditionally, so that I can love in any condition.
0: Unconditionally, so that I can love in any condition.
1: In Jesus' name, go before me.
0: In Jesus' name, go before me.
1: And go before the people you guide me to.
0: And go before the people you guide me to. Amen. Amen.
1: So. I believe that some people just received the office of evangelism and others were encouraged to share the good news. Maybe you don't have the anointing, the office for it. We're all called to share the good news, however. Maybe it's not on the streets. Maybe it's to a person. It's while you're checking things out at the grocery store. I've done that before. Um, God moved in Walmart just like he did uh, across the street from a shelter house. God moved in Walmart just like he does at church. God is unchanging and he is ever present for us. And I just encourage you all to go where he leads you, like Philip and the Ethiopian. Mm. So will you lead us in um prayer of salvation, altar call prayer. <laughs>
0: yes. I this has become my favorite part of the show. Um and as I mentioned when we started doing this, I don't know why we didn't do it from the beginning, but uh, we never want to close out a show without giving you the opportunity to uh, accept Jesus, your Lord and savior. And, and we want you to have a relationship with him. And so if today's the day that you feel that, you know, you just, you can't do it anymore. You're, you you're run out of answers. You're tired of doing things your way. And you, you believe there's a better way. I can, I can tell you uh dear viewer slash listener that there is um, a better way. And, and so Unless you're driving, <laughs> bow your head and close your close your eyes, and repeat after me. Uh, if you're driving, you can keep your eyes open folks, on the road, but you can still repeat. Um, mm-hmm. So say with me, dear God. Dear God, I know that I've sinned.
1: I know that I've sinned.
0: But I believe.
1: But I believe
0: that Jesus <laughs> died in my place.
1: That Jesus died in my place. And God. And God.
0: You raised him from the dead.
1: You raised him from the dead.
0: And so Jesus.
1: Oh, Jesus,
0: I confess that you are Lord.
1: I confess that you are Lord.
0: Please be the Lord of my life.
1: Please be Lord of my life.
0: Wash away my sin.
1: Wash away my sin.
0: And give me the power to follow you.
1: And give me the power to follow you. Amen. Amen.
0: Now, if you said that simple prayer, we believe you were born again. And we want to share in this with you. Don't keep this decision to yourself. Share it with somebody. It doesn't have to be us. ooh, you can share ooh
1: I you. have another point. Oh, okay. Um, if you go out to evangelize, you better know that prayer that we just prayed. Be ready to lead someone to Christ. If you expect someone to come to Christ, if you expect someone to know the Lord through you, then you better be prepared to lead them through a salvation prayer. Maybe it's not exactly like ours, but just be ready to pray a prayer like that with them. So last point, sorry to interrupt. No, I had to no, do that's, that. No, that's,
0: that's, that's amazing. So yeah, you know, it, you're, you're welcome to, to steal the one we use here. You're, well, you know, I guess it's not stealing if we tell you to do it, but okay. you know, <laughs> but, um, you know, I know that there are several out there. I know that, that mine is, is biblically based. Um, I want to say it was out of Romans. I don't remember. I've got the notes on it somewhere else. Um, So I kind of compiled mine from that uh, that we use here on the show and and on Waymaker. But again, if you made that decision today, don't keep that to yourself. Share it with somebody. You know, if you want to share it with us, you're more than uh, welcome to write us at prayer at rmrr.live. And we would love to come alongside you and celebrate with you and welcome you to the family and and encourage you in in your, your decision and your walk. And of course, you know, anytime you make this decision, like we've talked about earlier on the show, you you become known to the enemy. And so we want to encourage you in this uh, so you don't get distracted, you don't get sidetracked, that you stay the course. And so, again, that's why it's important to get yourself into a good Bible-believing, Bible-teaching, Holy Spirit-filled church. Um, you know, surround yourself with other believers uh, so that you've got um, a support system in the faith. And again, if you don't have that, we would love to to partner with you through this. Uh, Because again, we, we believe you made the most important decision of your life right there. Because it's not just your life you're talking about, it's your eternal life, which is way longer than the time you're gonna spend here on earth so if you made that decision uh, we love you and we're proud of you Uh, let us know or let somebody know and with that Wow, Lily, this has been an incredible episode. I was not sure we were going to be able to make this uh, as long as it's actually turning out to be. I was, <laughs> I was really concerned. Like I said at the beginning of the show, I wasn't sure what I was going to bring to this topic, and it's incredible yeah. how the Holy Spirit does what the Holy Spirit does once we uh, turn on the lights and the cameras. Yeah. Um, so, so I just want to, I want to thank, uh, thank you for for joining me today and uh, being the Rocky Mountain Revival Radio co-host uh, today. <laughs> Uh, You can uh, always catch Lily on on Waymaker uh, on those episodes. Her and Ethan are doing some amazing things there. They're going through the Spiritual Gift Series now. So you're not going to want to miss that series at all. And if if you have missed, then the good news for you is podcasting. It's recorded. It's recorded. So you can go back and catch those and get caught up. But Ethan and Lily are bringing some amazing Mm -hmm. things to Waymaker. And so tune in. Uh, there to catch Lily and of course the ministry moments she releases are always just pure fire so with that guys I just want to thank each and every one of our listeners for joining today and as a reminder if you did like the show and the show's content we encourage you to share it with your friends your family, your loved ones, your nana your roommate, your cousins, it doesn't matter just share it because sharing is caring and remember Check out rmrr.live for all the latest information and updates about the show. Please like and subscribe to the show's YouTube and Rumble pages because, again, we eventually would love to go live, and so we can't do that without the likes and the views and all the things, so please like and subscribe. Plus, you get notified anytime we release new content from Ministry Moments to Waymaker, woo, Waymaker episodes or RMR <laughs> episodes or special edition shows. You'll get those notifications if you subscribe, and sadly most of our viewers are non-subscribers i actually do get to see that on the youtube side of side of life so the vast majority of our our viewers are non-subscribers so help us out like the show subscribe to the show yeah you're, help, you're helping us help you so <laughs> and be sure to follow us on all the socials facebook twitter truth um, to which we're, we're out on all the things. Um, podcast listeners, we love each and every one of you. Thank you for joining us around the globe, and I never get tired of saying that. God mm-hmm. is doing some amazing things um, with some of our listeners across the globe, and we're we're so thankful that you tune in with us every week to to share some time with us and the Lord and, and to get some content that you can use in your mountain of influence. And, um, of course, if you... Uh, haven't checked out the podcast or looking for a podcast subscriber we do have links down below and on both the um, RMRR website as well as the Waymaker website that will direct you to all the podcast feeds uh, that we have going on I think there's like 12 of them right now so again there are times though you're missing stuff by listening to the podcast instead of watching the show because sometimes the show is actually really good to watch Um, (laughs) and if you feel led to donate to the show there are links to do so on the website down below in the description, for those watching on the screen, underneath Lily, all donations are going to go to hosting fees, software, equipment, uh, and we also are still giving a portion of our uh, donations to Redemption Squad because we are, are just really loving what God's doing with them, and we enjoy our partnership with them as well. And finally, remember to get yourself into a good Bible-believing, Bible-teaching, Holy Spirit-led church, plug into groups of discipleship opportunities Excuse me, serve in any way you can. I want to thank you again for joining us. Have a great week and be blessed. Thank you for listening to Rocky Mountain Revival Radio.